You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello, hello. I hope you're doing well. Today, I have a special guest episode for you. My guest today is Harvey Penny. Harvey Penny is based on the other side of the world, well, to me anyway, uh, in uh, near Brisbane, Australia. Now, you may have come across Harvey. He is the founder of a firm called Inspire, Inspire Chartered Accountants. I first came across the name a few years ago, and certainly they were making an impact then. And he's uh, he's gone on to build, uh, to transform this practice from 200K timesheet-based uh, revenue model to a $2 million, uh, $2 million sorry, subscription business, which he then sold. There was a, a life-changing impact for Harvey along the way that made him reassess what he was doing, why he was doing it, and what he's doing now all around helping accountants to maximize their impact in the world. It was a fascinating conversation. I'm sure you'll find it too. So without further ado, let's get stuck in and I'll see you on the other side. Howdy, Harvey, how you doing? Good, uh, good day. Um, Reza, how you doing? Good day, it is, absolutely. It's still daytime here, even though it is uh, probably close, close to midnight for Harvey, who is based out in uh, Australia on the Gold Coast uh, near the city of Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane, I remember, yeah, I think when, when I hear Brisbane, I just think of neighbors, right? Neighbors in Hermit Way, that's where it's all based, isn't it? So growing up in the 80s, that was the, the program of a choice that uh, we, we kind of grew up on. But yeah, it came to an end, didn't it? The end of an era ended, I think, mm, earlier this quite year. Quite a legacy that it has absolutely, created. Absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant, okay, well, so, so I'm, I, I mean, uh, Harvey certainly has uh, quite a quite an interesting and um, yeah exceptional kind of uh, bio. So I don't think I'm going to have time to read it all, and it's probably better if it comes from the horse's mouth itself. But suffice to say that, as you know, I interview exceptional and great accountants on these uh, live sessions on this podcast, where we get to hear from what other practitioners are doing, to learn from each other, to share best practice, to share knowledge, so we can all grow and build more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firms. And certainly, that latter bit is what what uh, Harvey will be uh, talking about, because that is something that is quite important to him. Now, uh, I think I came across Harvey a few years ago. I remember seeing the name of Inspire, and you've probably, if you're watching this, you've probably heard of the firm Inspire, because it's often used as a, as a case study of, you know, a firm that is doing, doing really well, of being, you know, impactful, of actually doing great things for clients, client service, you know, actually uh, talking about tax savings, which is certainly was the heart and center uh, of the firm when I first came across the name. But anyway, I mean, uh, Harvey is a TEDx speaker. He's an author. He's, uh, you know, he founded Inspire. He's no longer involved, but we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty of that. But anyway, I'm going to leave it to Harvey. Harvey, over to you. Give us a short uh, uh, bio about yourself and we'll take it from there. G'day, Reza. Uh, such a privilege to be here. Um, come from a short one, but it's uh, important to set the context. Uh, officially, my name is Harvey Penny. Uh, like you said, I'm an accountant uh, and author. I've published uh, 15 best-selling books. I uh, had the privilege of speaking at TEDx uh, twice. Uh, I now run a, a company. I founded a company called uh, The Greater Good Publishing Company, uh, as well as Life-Changing Accountants. And we help accountants turn their intellectual property into books and videos. Uh, to date, we've generated over 12,000 leads for the accountants that we serve, and our videos have 
just ticked over a, a crazy 4 million total minutes viewed raiser, if you could believe. Um, uh, personally, I'm the 2022 Australian of the Year uh, nominee. Uh, that's because of the uh, work that I do as an ambassador for the UN uh, Global Goals for Sustainable uh, Development. And it's to support my vision to see a world uh, without poverty by 2030. And um, it's also the reason why I'm the uh, global face of men's health charity, uh, Movember.com. And uh, <laughs> finally, the reason why I'm also uh, a med student studying to become a doctor raiser. And um, the context of today's chat is I'm best known um, as the founder of an accounting firm here in Australia called Inspire uh, that I bought, transformed and sold. Um, and in so doing, took it from a 200K timesheet uh, revenue practice, a fairly standard firm. And when I sold, transformed it into a $2 million uh, recurring revenue uh, practice. And uh, in so doing, kind of were twice recognized as one of the top 100 companies in Australia. So uh, how we did that, I'm happy to share a lot today. And uh, I, I documented the exact how uh, in a book called, um, where is it? Uh, the standout uh, accounting firm. So as a huge thanks to you for having me here today, Razor, and as a, uh, a gift for everyone in attendance, I'm, I'm more than happy to send out a, a signed copy of, of the book. Uh, you just need to go to lifechanging.accountant slash Razor, uh, R-E-Z-A, and you'd get a copy and, and learn about the nine-step authority method to become the accounting firm that people want to buy from, work for, and rave about. So. Um, yeah, well, that's me, and my intention is to, excuse the pun, uh, inspire. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt. You would definitely be doing that, and I think you already have in that very short uh, bio, and that's extremely, extremely generous of you to offer that. So if you've been listening, you know what to do. Head on over to that link. I'll, I'll try and put it in the in the chat box, or Harvey, if you don't mind kind of typing that in whilst I'm thinking of, a, of the next question to write uh, and uh, to make sure that people know where to get that. But yeah, I, I, given the title of this session with you is from 200k timesheet to 2 million pound impactful uh, firm. Let's let's start off with that story. So I want to hear from you, Harvey, kind of, you know, what the state of the firm was like when you bought it. And what was your journey? What kind of, uh, what would you say were the, the pivotal things that you did in the course of running the accounting firm that transformed your results from, as you say, 200K timesheet to 2 million revenue. Let's, let's kind of get stuck into that because I'm sure many listeners in here are, are uh, uh, you know, chomping at the bit, as we say here, to uh, to find out what, what it was, you know, what, what are those kind of, you know, the 20% the efforts that we need to focus on. And we do that by, you know, finding out what others have done, what has worked mm. for other people, other accountants in a similar position to ourselves. So yeah, I'm really intrigued uh, on behalf of the audience to find out, uh, Harvey, what did you and um, were, there, were there fellow partners but you can tell me that. What did you do? What were the kind of key things that you felt you did that got you the results that you eventually got? Yeah, amazing. So statistics it was me, my business partner, uh, one accountant and one part-time uh, administrative person. So nothing huge. Uh, in Australia, there's 13,000 accounting firms. We were one of 13,000 practices and we were a fairly standard practice uh, by any means. And so we were really drowning in this sea of sameness razor trying to stand out in a crowded market, trying to grow our, our practice. And I knew we needed to do things differently in order to shift from being uh, seen as standard to stand out. And I remember being mentored by uh, a lawyer friend of mine, actually, who's quite progressive in the industry. And he said to me, Harvey, 
you cannot simply you simply cannot charge by the hour. You're not a prostitute. And I know that was pretty strong, <laughs> harsh words, but it was a bit of a wake-up call. And I remember I had to learn this important truth that we do not sell hours, Razor. We sell our expertise. Uh, we sell what we know. And we're actually, if you think about it, we're in the intellectual property selling business, not necessarily the labor for hire business. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we should be rewarded for how smart we are, the value that we add, uh, and not the time that it took. And the truth is, us accountants, most of us are, are very intellectually rich. We do degrees and PhDs and endless, you know, continuous professional development. Um, but we need to find a way to, to flip the switch from, you know, selling time to selling uh, what we ended up defining as, as results or the outcomes that people really wanted to buy from us. Fantastic. I love it. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of very similar to what uh, I talked to accountants on uh, about as well in terms of even my kind of transformational moment came back in 2014, where I kind of discovered that, you know, the way things are done in the big four, which I kind of inherited working at PwC, were not the way to do things. And, uh, you know, actually charging by the hour and selling time is not what we do. It's not what clients are buying from us. Clients are buying a result, they're buying an outcome, they're buying a solution, they're buying the access to you, the peace of mind, the expertise, you know, access to your brain, which is essentially mm. what they're buying, which can't be, uh, you know, pinned down to the number of minutes and hours that you spend. So definitely, uh, like you, uh, it had the same kind of impact. So that that's one, absolutely one of the one of the four pillars I talk about in my kind of four pillar framework to build a more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firm is pricing, and that's kind of key to can get your head around in terms of what is it that we actually sell, or what's the impact we generate, and how do we how do we generate how do we capture a share of the value we create? Because quite simply, the only calculation going on in someone's mind when they buy anything is is the price I am paying less than the value I am generating. So we need to get better at communicating. What is that value? What is that actual and perceived value that we are giving to clients? And then take a share of that through the pricing. Fantastic. Love it, um, Harvey. So tell me what else, apart from pricing. So pricing was obviously key. Was there anything that you've done specifically on pricing? How did you move away from hourly billing to fixed pricing? You know, how did you adopt the value pricing model? Talk us kind of through a little bit of the, the practicalities uh, on that to, to maybe sh you know, share how you did it with, uh, with the audience. Yeah, um, it reminds me uh, when you said about pricing and value, you did this great video I watched once that spoke about this idea that people won't buy until the price that you set is confirmed to be lower than the value that is perceived. And if the price is higher than the value perception, people essentially won't buy. And I'm a huge advocate of that. And the question is, as accountants, and for me as an accounting firm owner, is how do we better articulate the value proposition of what we do? Because as a timesheet-based firm, our price and therefore our value was just informed by how long the job took. And so the shift that we took, Razor, to go from uh, tracking time to tracking impact was around how do we better measure the impact that we were having on our clients? And if you think about, if you ask your typical client right now, you know, why do they go to your accounting firm? Why do they remain a client of yours? Inevitably, they probably say things to you like they said to me, like, well, you know, you're, you're prompt to reply to my questions. You 
uh, get our taxes done on time and in an efficient manner every year. And uh, I believe your expertise gets us a great financial outcome from a tax perspective. And you've been there for, for, for us through thick and thin. It's, it's sometimes been like a, like a relationship uh, advisor. And, and these are inevitably the things that business owners uh, use to articulate our value back to us. But if you notice, Ray, they're all quite intangible or quite fluffy. They're all quite emotional. Or in other words, they're all quite uh, sort of right brain thinking. And if we want to really uh, scale our practices and move from standard to stand out, we need to recognize that the brain loves to make these buying decisions, both based on right brain thinking and left brain, right being the emotional, left being the more sort of technical, uh, right being the more tangible, uh, sorry, intangible and left being the more uh, tangible. And so I thought, well, how do we measure the impacts? And that's where uh, we started tracking uh, not just the time, but the impact or the tax savings that our advice was making for our clients. So, for example, Reza, um, we would uh, give a piece of advice, do tax planning with the clients, and we would show, you know, this is the amount of tax that you'd pay without our advice, and this is the amount of tax that you'd pay with our advice. And the difference between the two numbers became... Uh, the total tax savings. And what was incredible, Reza, is that we started giving some financial measures of success, some metrics around uh, the value of our advice because, uh, you know, clients on average may have paid us six or $7,000 Australian, so call it 5,000 pounds a year, uh, but we could very comfortably demonstrate that we were delivering three times that in tax savings. And the way that we made that really tangible is through uh, what uh, I'm showing on screen here are, are impact statements, where we have uh, the total tax savings, which in this case was $32,546. Uh, that's the really uh, left brain uh, tangible sort of articulation of value. And then we'll take it another level and ask, well, what difference would that make to you? What difference is it going to make to your business and your family? That sort of right brain emotional. In this case, the client said, we're going to reinvest it back into the business to make a greater impact. Uh, we had another example of these impact statements where Jeff and Kerry Nib, we saved them $20,000 in tax. Uh, and they're going to put that towards a, a, a family holiday in New Zealand and extra cash flow uh, for the business. Uh, final example, Reza, I want to give you uh, is a gentleman named Ray from Greenstone. Uh, we saved him $36,000 and uh, his right brain response to what difference <laughs> it was going to make. Uh, he's going to go on a bender, uh, which is, you know, it's funny. Uh, I know this guy quite well. It's my father. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't involved in, in said bender. Uh, but you get this kind of impression, right, that uh, our clients were more and more clear about the value that we were giving, not just in this fluffy, you know, Harvey's always there, Harvey's reliable, Harvey's trustworthy way, but in a really tangible sense where our brand promise raiser became tax and accounting that pays for itself in tax savings. And on average, we'd saved our clients three times or $18,000 per year, uh, three times uh, every dollar they spent with us. So it became really, really tangible, uh, mm. the value proposition that we offered to our, our market and our clients. And there's no reason why all accountants couldn't and shouldn't be doing the same thing. Hey, just a quick break to tell you about a tool I use that has helped us to save hours and enable me to create a pricing system incorporating all the stuff that I've learned about value pricing over the years. 
That tool is called Go Proposal. What I love about it is that we can build the price in person with the prospect, and then with a click of a button, send them the proposal and engagement letter instantly during the meeting. That's literally saved us hours of time from how we used to do it before. Not only that, but also because I can build pricing models in the software, anyone in my team can now have pricing conversations and send proposals to prospects and clients that has helped to free me up to do things that I love, like creating this podcast for you. If you're not already using it, I recommend you check it out. Absolutely. And that's brilliant. And, and it just shows that it's uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, all accountants are doing this. All accountants are working on their clients' affairs to save them tax. The difference between what you did and many other accountants is that they're simply not showing that impact to clients. And it's a case of accountants are looking for so what, what system is there. But like you showed, the system that you've used is very simple. It's a one pager. The one pager has the amount of the tax saving and the impact it's going to have in your life as a result of this tax saving. Like you say, measuring the, the emotional and the logical. And that's a great way then. You can then use that same collateral that I'm sure you did. I think you have done. Is that on your website, on your office, you're putting these things up. So mm -hmm. other clients, when they walk in, they're immediately seeing the impact. And for them, it's a case of, well, there's, there's the value. I can see value straight away because others like me have got all of these kind of tax savings. So when they quote me a fee of, you know, $6,000, $10,000, I can see I'm going to get a return on investment in what I pay because many like me have got a similar result. So, so Harvey, how did you um, kind of, how did you implement this system and how did you get, because often, you know, I find accountants, they're, they're doing this stuff. But they find it difficult to kind of just take a step back and particularly instill in their team members that mm. we need to capture these points where, you know, we are generating savings for clients. And, you know, how do they capture it? Where do they put it? How did you instill that in your team? And what kind of systems did you implement to kind of extract that information? You know, was it at a year end time? You know, where, how did you do it in the nitty gritty to kind of give us, you know, like a two, three step approach to, to those that are listening to perhaps uh, go along the same route? Totally. Well, one step before the nitty gritty um, is this realization that in a crowded market, you know, us accountants, if you really boil it down, at least here in Australia, what we do compared to the other 13,000 practices is essentially the same. Mm. We essentially do tax, we essentially improve profits, we essentially can increase wealth. But if you boil it down, we're, we're, we deliver the same outcome. If you think about that conceptually, uh, you know, think about products where there's similar offerings where they're exactly the same. Uh, I, I use these shoes as an example. They're my favorite pair of shoes. Uh, they're, they're probably about five pounds for, for a basic shoe. They're called an Alpagada. But this particular shoe, this brand is uh, by a, a company called Tom's. And instead of buying the shoe for five pounds, which you can get because it's a standard shoe, you can buy this Tom's branded shoe for 10 times that price. And it's the exact same shoe. So the question is, how does one product sell for a standard five pounds, whereas the other, the exact same product, uh, sell for 10 times the amount? And the, the answer is, is it's the communication of its brand, its value, uh, what that brand stands for. In Tom's case, what do they communicate? Well, in order to justify the 10 times price uh, differential. Well, in Tom's case, for every pair of shoes that you buy, uh, they give a pair to somebody in need, which is wonderful. And so the question is, when we as accountants are all in essence delivering the same thing, it's not necessarily about offering a better product, although that's an important pursuit, 
But many times the difference between you know, a standard price and 10 times the price is simply our articulation of that value, the articulation of our story, the articulation of what we stand for, the articulation of our brand. And so that was a really important realization for how we needed to get ourselves as partners and then our team on board with this idea of telling a better story, of communicating our value proposition better to our market and to our clients. And so in terms of the nitty gritty, there were really two major triggers. Uh, where is it here? The first trigger uh, for tracking tax savings, Reza, was when we were uh, uh, dealing with prospective clients, those who were thinking about changing accountants and uh, but hadn't yet made the decision to do that. And in our case, uh, we were published authors. I published a book called Cashed Up and we would sell you know, two or 300 copies of this book each week. And so we were getting lots of inquiries, Reza, to say, hey, look, I read your book. Uh, I've heard about you know, the amazing thing you do with tax savings. Uh, I wanted to know if I could come in for a free consultation like all other accountants do. And that was our instant guard to say, no more free initial consultations, please. Because you think about it, uh, you know, your first consultation, your first, uh, first impression is a really important way to set the dynamic for what's going to become the rest of the relationship. And so if you set that first touch point, that first engagement, the first value exchange in such a way that when you give value, they don't pay for it, well, that's a very difficult um, relationship to sustain in a profitable way. So step one, do not give away any free consultations. Uh, what we did and what you could do is we productized or we made tangible uh, that initial consultation. Uh, I created a, a gift card and a, and a product called a look under the hood or what you might call a look under the bonnet. <laughs> uh, it was a $500 second opinion on tax guaranteed to find $500 in tax savings or it's free. So you can see you hear the price, $500, you hear the value proposition, the second opinion on tax, with the guarantee that they've really got nothing to lose. And we'd say, you know, on average, and you can use this articulation when it becomes true for you, we would say on average, we'd save our clients or find our clients, you know, $600 to $60,000 in tax savings every time we do one of these tax reviews or this look under the hood. So you really have kind of nothing to lose. And so... Step one was around productizing what we previously gave away for free. We called it a look under the hood. And in that review, Reza, we would uh, look under the bonnet and find 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 pounds in, in tax savings. And we would add that to uh, our total tally. So that was uh, trigger number one in terms of uh, prospective clients. Any questions, comments, observations before I moved on to trigger number two uh, there, Reza? Yeah, I know that that that's awesome, and um, yeah, I know I, I agree with you in terms of uh, you know uh, actually having that value proposition, and we do a similar sort of thing in terms of it, it just because you know you're always going to get the people who will waste your time. I call them the tire kickers. You're going to have lots of people who will come in and uh, take your advice for free and then go elsewhere. And a way of actually rising above, as you say, I use that same term that you, the sense of sameness to differentiate yourself. Uh, we call it a strategic consultation. So we, it's a strategic consultation with us. This is what it involves. 
it's a paid in advance. You come and then there are three outcomes. The first is that you'll take away the advice and you go away and implement. That's absolutely fine. The second outcome is that, uh, you know, we'll agree to work together and we'll show you, they'll give you the fees of, of how to implement going forward. Or thirdly, and similar to your guarantee, is that you'll tell me it's a complete waste of time and ask for your money back. I'm not to do that yet, but it's there for your peace of mind. And just giving them that, uh, that guarantee then just takes the risk away from them, which is similar to, to what you've done. So absolutely couldn't agree with it. Love it. Brilliant. Okay, so carry on, uh, Harvey. What else did you do? So in terms of the, let's move on to the, because the other, the other big, I guess, uh, uh, challenge that uh, many accountants face is, you know, how do we, how do we attract new business? And you mentioned that, you know, you wrote a book, and I talk to accountants a lot about, you know, having uh, positioning themselves. So one of my other pillars is positioning, positioning ourselves as the, as the credible expert, as the authority in a particular area so that you can differentiate yourself because otherwise no one can see you as different from the other accountant. If no one can see you as different, then you'll be treated as a commodity. If you're treated as a commodity, you're not going to be charged any more than the next accountant down the road. So you charge a premium by by establishing yourself as different from the rest. The way you can do that to establish your credibility and authority is by writing a book, by giving value in advance. So talk to me about your, your process. I know you've written many books. So, uh, you know, uh, talk to me about your, your process and, uh, and how it, you know, attracted and generated inquiries in business for you. Yeah, totally. Um, the lesson I learned, at least here in Australia, that in, in general, us accountants are perceived as boring. I don't know what it might be like there in the UK, but um, we've got a real stigma uh, or a, a branding issue uh, that the accounting profession has here in Australia. Um, but what I notice in contrast is that uh, authors are generally seen as authorities. And uh, my journey to become an author myself, uh, we wrote the book uh, Cashed Up, uh, Seven Steps to Pull More Money, Time and Happiness uh, from Your Business. And it's is a 30,000 word book. It took me about three years to write and cost me about $30,000 uh, to do. So it wasn't an easy process uh, by any means. Um, however, the transformation from the 200K to 2 mil revenue happened almost solely off the back of uh, not just the perception of us being seen moving from being seen as accountants to being seen as, as authors and authorities, but because the book enabled us to scale, not grow. What I mean by that is that before having a, a book, we were growing, um, but the more we grew, the more effort it took from me as a partner. I would go out and have coffee meetings. I'd go out and have lunch meetings, and I'd pay for those meetings, uh, and I'd pay for those uh, bills uh, with just... Uh, and with my time, uh, with the intention of trying to convert those prospective clients and help them to change accountants. And what I realized, Reza, like we all inevitably do at some point is that there's only so many meetings that I can have in, the, in a day. There's only so many uh, sales conversations and, and consultations that I, I can have. Um, but if I could turn all the intellectual property, all the stories, all the strategies, all, all the sales conversations that I would have previously had during that one hour lunch where I would pay for the $50 meal into a, a, a marketing asset like a book, not only does it position me as an authority because I've got my name on the cover, but now I can scale because there's no limit to how many books I could give away or sell. 
So like I mentioned, Reza, we would sell you know, 300 copies of the book on average uh, per week. Uh, and if you want to do some uh, sales pipelining, those 300 weekly sales would very comfortably turn into uh, five $500 second opinions on tax per week on average. So you'd make, call it, I don't know, $3,000 uh, in book sales and another $3,000 or so in uh, $500 second opinions on tax. And so we started building this $6,000 weekly pool of, of money or funds that previously came from advice that we would give away for free. And we all of a sudden had an ability to, uh, to either spend it, <laughs> uh, enjoy it ourselves, or what we chose to do, reinvest it back into a self-funding marketing machine. So we would pay for ads, we would um, sponsor events, we would fly to uh, different conferences uh, where we would speak, uh, and we'd find more leads through uh, more potential business clients by selling or giving away copies uh, of uh, our books. Um, so it's quite a virtuous cycle, uh, the difference, not just the, the perception, but also the, the scale that comes uh, from having uh, an asset like a book. Because you know, I ran out of times um, or, or, or counting uh, the times that business owners would come to an event or a boardroom or, or a, an initial consult of ours and say, oh, Harvey, I just spent three hours uh, reading a book and I you know, followed you on social media and I've watched all, all your videos and I feel like I, I know you. And it has this kind of weird, surprising sense. But the, the truth is, is that they're arriving pre-sold, which is what we want right? as busy business owners and as accounting firm owners. And what you'll read in the standout book is there's, uh, there's actually a seven-hour rule. And the seven-hour rule states that for large financial decisions, people tend to make seven hours worth of, of, of research uh, before they're ready to buy. And so if we don't have marketing assets like books, podcasts, videos, blogs, emails, websites, events, etc., then we are the marketing asset. And so we might find ourselves spending those required seven hours in endless meetings and endless phone calls and endless emails back and forth with these prospective clients before they're willing to buy. And so growth is, is tough. Whereas mm -hmm. when we invest in turning all of this beautiful, amazing intellectual property that's hidden in our brains, which is why people want to pick it, pick our brains <laughs> um, and put it into more tangible formats, uh, assets that we can leverage over and over and over again. Uh, it's then and only then, um, and at least in my experience, can we scale quite profitably. Uh, $10 to print a book, $10,000 a year client, I'd happily give away <laughs> as many as I, many as I could. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and so my, my journey was similar back in 2014 when I kind of came across this concept and uh, my mentor told me that you need to kind of, you know, you need to write a book and you need, that's how you're going to build your credibility and authority. So I went away and I wrote a little book called 10 Tax Strategies Guaranteed to Save Business Owners Thousands. And we had it printed and it was phenomenal. The return that we got from it was absolutely phenomenal. It just, it just 
it, you know, it, it really did differentiate you from that sea of sameness. You know, I printed it out, I gave it to the bank managers and the solicitors, all of whom will have been inundated with accountants trying to promote them. But the fact that I'd given them something tangible set me apart from the rest. And suddenly where I was getting zero referrals from solicitors and bank managers and other intermediaries that I worked with, suddenly now the referrals started to come through. And the impact that you can have, and the, again, the perception of value that you have where in a prospect meeting that you can give away a book, suddenly now everything just becomes, you know, the perception of value becomes a lot greater when you can hand a prospect a book and they can mm. see your name on it and the fact that you're giving away all this value. You can then charge a lot more for what you do because you've increased that perceived value of your offering. So I will heartily agree that I kind of got the bug. I wrote 2014 was the first one. I wrote a property book in 2016 with videos that came along offering this pay strategic consultation. And those assets that I wrote nearly 10 years ago mm. are still generating a return today. So you're absolutely right when you say a digital asset will generate you a perpetual return on an investment. And that is a way where you can actually really build a scalable, sustainable practice, generating inquiries and autopilot because you've put the hard work in creating those digital assets. But the big question, Harvey, we don't have time. Accountants don't have time to write books. So what is your uh, what is your advice? And uh, I know you have uh, an offering which can potentially help. So talk to us about that. If an accountant wants to get into writing a book, what should they do? How should they go about it? What should they write about? And of course, is there a shortcut? Over to you. Very cool. Well, um, yeah, as I said, I've written 15 books thus far. And uh, I remember, Razor, uh, some of the, we tried everything to be able to kind of get these ideas out of our head. Uh, one of the challenges we said amongst a few friends of ours who were both trying to write a book was the uh, 10,000, uh, sorry, 1,000 words uh, per day challenge. Because the truth is, uh, a book, a typical business book, is about 30,000 words is your sort of magic number. And so we had a challenge. We thought, well, if we could, uh, write 1,000 words per day for 30 days, we would effectively reach that magic number. And so we set a challenge of uh, punishment that if we didn't write our 1,000 words per day, you'd have to do uh, 100 burpees and prove it to the rest of the group. And so we went through this 30-day challenge. Uh, by the way, the, it didn't work. The book never got written. We got very fit, though. We, we did a lot of burpees. Uh, but there are uh, all that to say is that the magic number is 30. And if we think about uh, the, the formula, that if an entire book is 30,000 words, and if we've ever in the past written an email that was 500 words long, a, a, a detailed advice letter to a client that might have been 500 words long, uh, if we've ever written a blog that went on our uh, websites that was 500 words long, or a social media post that was 500 words long, uh, or had a conversation with a client that was a couple of minutes long that when transcribed would be 500 words, then if you divide 30,000 by 500, 500 words, it's actually only 50 or 60 key ideas. That's all that a book is if you really boil it down. So if you want to have a crack at DIY, I encourage you to pull out a, a, a bottle of wine first to get the creative ideas flowing. <laughs> uh, step two, uh, 50 post-it notes and just challenge yourself to think, what are 50 key questions that I get asked a lot by my clients? Or Maybe what are the top 10 tax uh, strategies that helped uh, my clients the most this year? And 
Um, what are the, um, the profit strategies that we've helped with? And what are my philosophies on, on business and, and my philosophies on giving and the philosophies of life? And before you know it, we actually realize that we're standing on a mountain of value with the, uh, the intellectual property that we have. Uh, in my case, we run a book publishing company. So our unique process uh, is we just have the privilege of interviewing accountants. We do a series of one-hour interviews where we ask questions about uh, your philosophies on taxation, business, and life. And we take what you say and turn that into uh, books and videos that you can use as a business card on steroids. So there's many ways. You can DIY, you can get help from us, uh, or you can just continue doing things the same way you've done to date. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so uh, we haven't got that long with any questions. I, I know there's a couple coming through and I'll, I'll put them to Harvey. But Harvey, talk to us about, um, you know, what, what, are, what are some of the, the case studies, the success stories that you have of accountants that have engaged you to write a book uh, for them? Uh, and talk us through, you know, some of that so people can see, you know, and hear some social proof to, uh, to maybe nudge them along the way and show them that what's possible and then the, uh, the return on investment they can get from it. Yeah, totally. Well, um, uh, I'd love to talk high level and uh, directly to what you've said. Um, we had a, a friend of ours, uh, Luke Desmond, who's in uh, London. He had published his, uh, his book, Save Tax, 101 Strategies to Save Tax Without Doing Anything Dodgy, uh, Unethical or Against uh, the Law. Fortunately, due to travel restrictions, I wasn't able to be there for his book launch uh, event, uh, but uh, they sold 120 uh, copies of the book uh, at launch. Uh, they've started rolling out their version of the Look Under the Hood or Look Under the Bonnet um, uh, uh, service offering. And, and, and if you follow him on, on social media, uh, Crisp Accountancy, uh, Luke Desmond, uh, you'll see him following the methodology where weekly he's posting success stories of the tax savings that he's been able to save or find for uh, his clients. Step one, they find insights through reading his book. And step two, they go through his look under the bonnet process and, and find those tax savings. So um, that's the practical example of the, the successes we've had. But if I go bigger picture, maybe to, to finish off with, uh, Razor, uh, the big reason why I started uh, life-changing accountants was to help create a world where poverty doesn't exist by 2030 in alignment with uh, the UN global goals. And so part of uh, the work that we do with authors isn't just about increasing their income by having a business card on steroids, but it's about how can they use that income for a greater good? And like you say so beautifully, use that income as a, as, a, as a way to create or generate more impact. And so all the accountants we work with have made a, a pledge uh, to tip 1% of their time uh, or their income or their profits uh, to charity, to help end poverty, to do good in their communities. And in terms of social proof, uh, I'm really proud to share that as of today, uh, Reza, uh, we've reached and given over 27 million days of access to food, water, health, and sanitation uh, to families in need in over 16 countries, wow. uh, thanks to the collective giving of the accountants, life-changing accountants uh, globally that we've got the privilege of working with. So, um, awesome. yeah. 
fantastic congratulations for that that is uh, absolutely amazing how do is that is that uh are you linked still linked with the uh, b1g1 is it through through b1g1 is that how you kind of facilitate that absolutely so b1g1.com is the most amazing platform yeah. to be able to measure the impacts that we're doing um and today we've spoken about impact in two ways one is making an impact to families on the other side of the room in form of tax savings through the, the impact statements. Uh, but B1G enables us as accountants to be able to make an impact to families on the other side of the world, but enable us to make micro giving impacts, like giving somebody access to water for a day or food for a day or education for a day for very, very small uh, amounts. Mm. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a fantastic uh, organization and certainly helps kind of link the, the humanity and in, uh, in what uh, in what we do and as you say and as you know others have said you know people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it so mm. having that kind of uh, impact statement can certainly quite uh, quite powerful to bring it on board the kind of clients that are aligned with your your values your principles and uh, you know wanting to make uh, make for a better world Harvey, we're, we're out of time these conversations always go back go so fast mm -hmm. uh, finally is there is there something I should have asked you that I didn't? If so, please uh, please feel free to raise the question yourself and answer it before we bring this to a close. Uh, maybe my closing thought. Uh, this was the lesson I learned from the cancer experience that I had. One day I felt a lump in a part of my body where us men especially don't want to feel anything abnormal. I was being blindsided by testicular cancer. And at the time I was 30. And, you know, How do you feel when you're 30, Razor? I felt like I was on top of the world, invincible. And in that moment, I had my whole world falling down on top of itself. And I had to ask myself the question uh, after doing a life reconciliation, not an accounting reconciliation, but this realization that if today was the last day of my life, would I be happy with what I'm leaving behind? And that's a question about legacy. And what's interesting about legacy is we don't all get a choice as to whether we'll leave a legacy or not. It'll just be a question as to whether it's one that we're proud of. And so maybe my, my parting message is this realization that one day we will all die. And I know that's not very inspiring to, to think about that mortality, but if we can use the time that we, uh, that we have uh, to inspire before we expire, then not only will we run uh, a better practice and not only will we have more meaning as, as accountants, uh, but I think we'd live uh, a much more meaningful life. So thank you so much for having us raise. It's been, uh, been a privilege. Amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Harvey. It's been an absolute pleasure to host you today. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your experiences, your your uh, you know your vision and everything with us today. And uh, we can certainly take a lot from it in terms of you know what we do, why we do it, and uh, and how to do it to to kind of you know add more impact around the world. So thanks again. Thanks again uh, for uh, coming along today. I appreciate it. it's a very late uh, evening for you. Thank you everyone for listening. Have you got some value from today? And uh, what's the best way to reach you? Harvey, if anyone wants to get in touch with you. Yeah, I think um, let's go to that uh, that gift, lifechanging.accountant slash REZA. Um, you can grab a copy of the standout book as my gift, and uh, that would give you a direct access or intro to me, and we can uh, start an inspiring conversation together from there. Awesome. Fantastic. So you know what to do if you were listening. Thanks once again for attending. Thank you, Harvey. Take care. Until the next time, I will speak to you very soon. Bye for now. Cheers, everybody.
I hope you got value from that episode. And if you want to spend more time together, where we go deeper on topics like pricing, marketing, sales, building a team and processes so you can build a firm that is less reliant on you, then come and join the TYP Mentoring Community. It's my membership program where I deliver practical mentoring sessions from my personal experience of building my practice and share resources that I have created and use in my firm so you don't have to reinvent the wheel and waste time and money making mistakes like I did. There's an amazing community of 100 plus accountants that you get to meet every week, share challenges, best practices, and use the power of the group to shortcut your learnings. Go to resahuda.com forward slash mentoring to find out more. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.